All right, Braves fans, let's get rolling. I'm George McNair, and this is State of the Braves. Uh, guys, awesome to be back with you as always, and we're a few days off of it now, but you know, it's kind of nice to take a few days to step back with, you know, anytime the Braves make a big move like the one they just made for Chris Sale, it's nice to uh, to give a couple days for perspective, get a little more of the full news um, so I can come to you with, uh, with, you know, a little bit more of a thoughtful perspective for you guys. So I want to break down this Chris Sale trade as you, I'm sure, heard the Braves trade for uh, veteran starter Chris Sale. Uh, they get him from Boston, sending Vaughn Grissom uh, to the Red Sox. So the Braves not only get Chris Sale, but they also receive $17 million from Boston as they will kind of amazingly only pay sale uh, $500,000 next season. Um, you know, I've, I've heard a couple of different reports in terms of the deferred money Chris Sale will receive. I've heard some say that he'll receive $10 million in 2039. I've heard $10 million in 2040. I've heard a couple different things. So I'm not going to promise you that is um, exact. But the fact is the Braves, while they'll have to pay uh, another solid chunk for Chris Sale in the future uh, it is deferred and it's deferred money nowhere near like a Shohei Otani size deferred um, chunk of money. So yeah, they'll do that. You know, the Braves don't typically defer money like that, but uh, for a chance to get Chris Sale, they did it. Um, and, you know, he also has a player option for 2025. So the way that that option works for him, uh, the 2025 money is a vesting option if Sale finishes in the top 10 in the Cy Young voting. Um, and of course, if he did that, the Braves would happily uh, pay him $20 million to come back because this deal would just look like absolute brilliance from Alex Anthopoulos if Sale bounced back in that way. And the Red Sox would probably just, uh, you know, quit baseball at that point if if that happens. Um, but um, if it doesn't happen, which is the more likely scenario, um, it would simply turn into a team option. The Braves could accept that $20 million option for 2025. Or, you know, if this move doesn't work out, if sale is injured for most of the season or or just uh, is not performing well, they can decline that option and kind of wash their hands of Chris Sale moving forward. So guys, you know, Chris Sale to the average baseball fan or the casual baseball fan, most people know Chris Sale, but the funny thing about him is, you know, he was so good, um, honestly, in the last decade and, um, and has not been good for about five years. So he feels really old. Um, he's he's getting older. He's certainly a veteran. He'll be 35 at the beginning of the 2024 season. Um, but guys, this, this guy was a dominant pitcher and probably one of the top three pitchers in the 2010s in that decade. Uh, he actually went seven straight years from 2012 to 2018 uh, with top six finishes in the Cy Young voting in the American League. So not only was he excellent, but he was consistently excellent for seven straight years. And it wasn't just that he was, um, you know, had great stuff. It was also he was durable during that time. He averaged – 
200 innings pitched over those seven seasons. He averaged 5.6 war uh, during those seasons, according to the fan graphs. He averaged um, a strikeout per nine innings of, or sorry, a uh, 11 strikeouts per nine innings uh, during those seasons. And actually, he's maintained that strikeout, um, that strikeout percentage throughout his career. In fact, he is the the all-time leader in K's per nine. Um, so, you know, this is a strikeout machine of a pitcher. Sale also helped lead Boston to their last World Series in 2018. Um, and so it was all good for Sale. You know, he came up with the White Sox and his first season with Boston also went really, really well. But it has been downhill for him ever since so um you know give you just a little bit more history on sale who probably now is more notorious for his injury history than he is in his kind of previous life uh with with all of these um you know great accolades beforehand so in 2019 uh, about two-thirds of the way through the season he was shut down with elbow inflammation uh he tried to just rest it of course you guys know that a lot of times elbow inflammation uh, will lead pitchers to have to get tommy john surgery and that's what happened to sale uh he should Showed up in spring training of 2020 uh, before the COVID shutdown, and suddenly he realized he needed Tommy John surgery. So he got that. He missed all the 2020 season and most of the 2021 season. He came back in March of that year, uh, just kind of you know as as you do coming off of Tommy John, just getting your feet um, back under you. Uh, but then 2022 came around and he had a series of just really fluky injuries. These are not arm related injuries. He, he, uh, had a rib stress fracture in spring training. Uh, then he came back from that. Then he got a, a, a comebacker to the mound, uh, broken pinky finger from that on his pitching hand that shut him down. Then he came back from that or trying to, and, and he fell off his bike and broke his wrist. So just, you know, these are things that they don't worry you in terms of his arm, but it's just, he's all, he always seems to be hurt right since 2019 on. Uh, and so 2023 comes around last season and it went a bit better for him. He made 20 starts. He did have one other, um, I think, shoulder-related injury. I don't think it's actually like the the shoulder socket, which can you know give you a lot of pause. I think it was more of like the shoulder blade area. But anyways, he was shut down once, but ends up making 20 starts. He actually, uh, when he came back, he made nine starts to end the season, and they were all very good. Uh, he ended with a 4.30 ERA for the 2023 season, uh, but got a little unlucky. He had an expected ERA of 3.7. And he still maintained that strikeout per nine um, ratio of 11 strikeouts per nine innings. So his stuff is still really good. His fastball might be down a tick, but it still typically touches 96 miles an hour. Um, and he can get higher than that. There's uh, been some video going around social media of him striking out Bryce Harper. And, uh, you know, it was just near the end of last year uh, in touching 99 on three straight pitches and striking him out. So he has elite stuff still. And the fact is there are very few pitchers 
on earth who have ever pitched at the level that Chris Sale has. And, um, you know, so to get that guy who maybe still has a little bit in the tank um, is pretty special. You know, there are a lot of different, uh, you know, Braves fans have, have wanted the Braves to go out and get a pitcher, and they did so with this deal. It was a surprise who they got, and I think a lot of Braves fans wanted the Braves to go out and, and get Dylan Cease or, you know, some of these other trade targets. Maybe they wanted to go out and get Yamamoto. You guys might have wanted a, a bigger splash. I don't know. I mean, certainly I had um, my my sights on different guys not named Chris Sale. Uh, you know, Chris Sale at his best is an elite pitcher, and I'm probably going to repeat myself a couple of times when I say this, but Chris Sale hit when he's on the mound. And I know that's not hasn't been often lately, but when he is on the mound, he's always good. He's never been bad. And even that 4.30 ERA last year, uh, like I said, a little unlucky. And uh, that's really been about as um, mediocre as he's been. He's always been in kind of the low threes, even high two ERAs, uh, and an elite strikeout pitcher his entire career. So what can the Braves, what can Braves fans expect from Chris Sale? Well, I mean, the fact is we can't ignore his injury history. That is the obvious reason why he was able to be traded for one player, you know, Vaughn Grissom. We love Vaughn Grissom. You guys know I'm a huge Vaughn Grissom fan. I'm sad to see him go. I'm going to talk about Vaughn a little bit at the end of this episode. But the fact is, you never would have been able to get another pitcher of this um, ability uh, if Chris Sale didn't have the injury issues to come along with it. Um, you know, a one-for-one kind of trade like this, it just wouldn't have been possible for a Dylan Cease or for, uh, you know, fill in the blank, other guys out there who might potentially be available. Uh, so, you know, to me, even though Sale has, has these injuries uh, in his past, they do feel a bit fluky, um, and most of them are not arm-related. As You know, he's he had Tommy John, but what pitcher out there, nowadays hasn't had Tommy John surgery. Um, he's he's three plus years past his Tommy John and he's, you know, the end of this past season, he was throwing 98, 99 miles an hour. So um, nothing is guaranteed. Uh, but the fact is, Chris Sale is a very rare uh, pitcher. And I, I, I really like this deal. You know, it's not perfect. Uh, he's not the perfect player. Uh, but um, I do like the potential of what this does for the Braves pitching staff. Uh, so, you know, you guys know I go to Fangraph sometimes uh, just for projections and just getting an idea of, you know, a realistic projection of what a player might be next year. So Fangraph's projects sale with a 3.74 ERA and a 2.8 war season next year in 141 innings pitched. Um, you know, so that that production of if I'm trying to kind of compare sale to somebody you know, the Braves early in the postseason, or sorry, in the offseason, were going after Aaron Nola. I kind of view this as Aaron Nola was clearly their number one 
pitching um, target for this offseason. Obviously, they weren't able to sign him. He goes back to Philly. I don't know for certain that Chris Sale was plan B. I mean, he could have been plan C or plan D. We don't know the other irons they had in the fire, but they pivot away from Nola. Uh, You know, Nola is... Uh, what is he? He's a really solid pitcher who is very reliable. Uh, he really hasn't had injury history, but he's also uh, incredibly, uh, he, you know, he has playoff experience and he's had a lot of playoff success. He hasn't been perfect in the playoffs, but playoff success nonetheless. Um, I think there are some comparables other than the re- reliability thing between Nola and sale and so when you when you look at this projection for sale it's very similar to nola's projections except of course nola is projected to get about 50 more innings than sale next year which seems reasonable Uh, but in terms of actual value when they're on the mound sale might actually be the better pitcher still to this day. I mean, just in terms of, um, you know, that wins above replacement per innings pitch compared to Nola. So you're getting a very good pitcher. Again, it's just a matter of how many innings can he give you? And maybe innings for the season aren't even that important. Uh, you know, it's more important that he's healthy going into the postseason and is able to contribute then. So, you know, the, the Braves will gladly take this Fangraphs projection, uh, if it is correct, especially if Sale can be there for the playoffs. Uh, his in-season contributions are far less important uh, to the Braves. The Braves are probably a 100-win team without Chris Sale. Uh, so it's really just a matter of they need another playoff performer, another playoff starter. Alex Anthopoulos said as much when he gave his interview after this trade. And uh, that's what Chris Sale potentially can be. Uh, You know, Sale is also a notoriously fiery competitor. Uh, If you go out and and just uh, YouTube or Google uh, some some comments that Chris Sale has had post-game in the past, it's um, it's definitely interesting. Uh, he is a colorful guy. Uh, he doesn't mince words. He is fiery to say the least. And I think a lot of people have been wanting the Braves. You know, they're uh, mostly a team of a lot of nice guys. And um, Sale might not be that. <laughs> he, I think he's uh, he's a guy that hates to lose. He's going to be um, competing. Uh, really on another level out there compared to a lot of people. He cares. Um, I think he really wants to be with the Braves. There's early reports that you know he lives close to the Braves Spring Training Facility. He's already asked to go down and start working down there. So I think he's really energized by being a part of the Braves. He had to um, exercise or he had to waive his no trade clause to make this deal happen. So he, he wants to be a Brave. He wants to be in Atlanta. Uh, and you can imagine a guy who's been injured over the last several years. Uh, this has to re-energize him in a big way to you know, maybe have a little bit of a career renaissance and um, and have an opportunity for at least the next two seasons he's under contract to vie for uh, another World Series or two. So, you know, when you look at the uh, the trade for sale, I think one thing that is obvious is comparing or contrasting um, 
this deal to a potential deal for Dylan Cease. Uh, you know, it's been most of the offseason that rumors have been flying that the Braves were interested in trading for Dylan Cease and whether they were still interested or not that Dylan Cease is still on the market and the and the White Sox are actively shopping him. So, you know, I actually, as I've stepped back, and this is why it's been helpful to have a couple days to, to think through this deal, I actually think it makes a lot more sense for the Braves to make this deal for Chris Sale than it would to to trade for Dylan Cease. I'm not saying that Chris Sale is the better pitcher now. He's had the better overall, you know, long-term career, but he's he's an older pitcher. Um, you know, right now, I think Dylan Cease is the better pitcher. Maybe not by a lot if Chris Sale is on the mound a reasonable amount of innings. But that being said, um, Dylan Cease was going to be a much, much more expensive player to acquire. Very early on in the offseason, it was reported that the Braves were checking in on Dylan Cease. Um, you know, my take on that is I think they probably moved off of him pretty quickly. Uh, there have been other reports, uh, for instance, the Reds, uh, the White Sox asked for the Reds' top three um, prospects all in the top 100 and then some. And, uh, you know, you start thinking about, okay, so does that mean that for the Braves to trade for Dylan Cease, they would have had to have given up uh, Hurston Waldrip, A.J. smith Shaver and Vaughn Grissom and something else. Uh, I cannot imagine the Braves doing that, especially for a guy as good as he is. He's only under contract for two more years, and you're just probably not going to extend him. He's a Scott Boris client. Those guys always go to the free agent market. And so, you know, you get two years of Dylan Cease, but you mortgage a lot of your future um, by giving away two guys who really could be fixtures in your rotation moving forward. It's, of course, they are prospects. It's not guaranteed. But, you know, these both of these guys are at AAA. We've seen about 50 innings from A.J. Smith-Shawver, and they've been pretty good. Uh, it just, I think, doesn't make a lot of sense to jettison those guys to Chicago uh, with only two years of control for Dylan Cease. Again, compare that to Chris Sale, where the Braves only have to part with Vaughn Grissom. As much as I love Grissom, and I think he's going to be a good major league player, uh, he he simply didn't have a spot with the Braves. So the Braves don't really value him as much. Um, you know, on his on-field value is very low for the Braves. Um, and so it just doesn't impact you and, and how the Braves, you know, it's not going to impact their success moving forward to, to trade Vaughn Grissom. On top of that, uh, the, the Red Sox send $17 million back in the deal. So even the monetary cost to bring in Chris Sale is lessened significantly. Uh, you know, so the, in terms of both of these pitchers, Two years of control for Dylan Cease, two years of control for Chris Sale. So that's a wash. Uh, yeah, you would be getting uh, a Dylan Cease who is younger, uh, who is seems to be more reliable. He's taken the mound and been close to 180 to 200 innings throughout his young career. Of course, we know that that, is, that has not been the case recently with Chris Sale. Um, but I, I really do think, uh, you know, nothing's guaranteed, certainly, but I think the Braves, 
Braves are going to manage him probably a little differently than the Red Sox. He's entering a rotation where he doesn't have to be the guy. He's not, you know, he's probably considered a, the third or fourth pitcher. Um, you know, just go out and, um, and pitch five or six good innings. Uh, when it's your turn, the Braves can give him maybe extra rest throughout the season. Um, and the Braves are looking primarily for him to um, to be ready for the postseason. And they can have that in their mind throughout um Again, anything could happen. His arm could blow out again. We don't know, but that could also happen to anybody. Uh, in terms of the ceiling for Dylan Cease compared to um, uh, to Chris Sale, I actually think they're really similar. You know, one's obviously coming from the right side. Sale is coming from the left side. But I think at their max right now, I actually think both of them could be top ten pitchers in the league. Now, of course, I'm again, I'm saying at their max, right? So Chris Sale hasn't pitched over, you know, 100, 150 innings in a long time. But if he were to get there, if he could put together a season like that again, um, I think he could still be a top 10 pitcher in at least in the National League. Uh, and I think that's uh, Dylan Cease has proven that. He's had a um, – you know, top two Cy Young year, uh, but he also had a, a pretty down year last year. They're both high strikeout guys. And so I think that's why the Braves checked in on Cease. I think that's why they were after Nola, and it's clearly why they really like Chris Sale. Uh, in terms of Fangraph's projections, I've already mentioned, I'll, I'll remind you, I mentioned um, Chris Sale's projections, uh, 3.7, uh, 3.74 ERA, 141 innings, 2.8 war. Now, Fangraphs does not love Dylan Cease, I think, as much as a lot of people out there do. Uh, his projection is a 4.30 ERA, 178 innings, and a 2.7 war season. So um, I'll repeat that. Uh, Chris Sale, at least according to Fangraphs, uh, even though he's pitching about 35 fewer innings, uh, is actually still a more um, you know a pitcher with um, with higher ratings, higher war, uh, 2.8 compared to 2.7. So there's that. You know, one other thought that I have that I think the Braves really do care about is um, the fact that Chris Sale is a lefty and he's a nasty lefty. You know, if you've ever seen him pitch, he's coming, he's sweeping way over. It's not full on Randy Johnson, but it's not it's not very far away from that either. Um, he has a career lefties have a career two Oh three batting average against Chris sale. And when you think about, uh, Shohei Otani and, you know, the Dodgers hitters, Freddie Freeman, the guys coming from the left side, uh, or, or the Phillies guys, you know, Schwarber and Harper and all those guys Stott, um, they're going to have to face Chris sale in big moments. And I really like the fact that, um, as a lefty, he's going to be going out against some of those really good hitters. The other thing, when I think about Chris sale and, and putting this, uh, this deal in perspective is comparing him to other free agents out there. And the fact is the, the pitching market has just gotten really nuts. And I think Alex Anthopoulos has done a really good job of managing, uh, how to go out and find some good value still, uh, in the pitching market because there's not much value out there. I mean, there's a lot of good pitchers, but there's also a lot of guys getting overpaid. Um, and so when I think about that, the free agent market and the market in general, 
Uh, let's start with Tyler Glass now. Now, he wasn't a free agent. He got traded to the Dodgers, but his extension that they signed, remember, Glass now is kind of comparable to Sale because they're both often injured. Uh, he got a five-year, $136 million contract. That's $27 million a year, um, and he is projected for a 3.7 war season at $27 million a year. Yamamoto with the Dodgers, of course, 12 years, $325 million, uh, $27 million a year on that contract. He's projected a 3.4 war season. Of course, he's going to be really hard to project coming from Japan. What about Lucas Giolito? You know, he's had a really, he had a bad year last year. Um, and, you know, he jumped around a couple of teams, got traded, but he's still able to sign a two-year, $37 million contract. That's $18 million, um in 2024 he's only projected for a 2.4 war season again you think about that compared to chris sale sale is probably going to be better if if he has enough innings pitched and then frankie montas who's basically been injured for the last two years was still able to get a one-year 16 million dollar deal from the reds he's projected for a 2.1 war season uh, but man i would much rather have chris sale than lucas giolito or frankie montas uh, he comes with a you know a stronger pedigree and i just got to remember remind you guys anytime he has been on the mound he has been an elite pitcher in baseball and not many guys can say that you know guys can go through struggles ups and downs just generally in terms of production that's never been chris sale it's just a matter of can he stay on the mound um so the free agent market <laughs> We know from Alex Anthopoulos and how, how he's done things since he's been with the Braves. The free agent market is the last place he goes shopping for pitching. It's not that he's unwilling to look at the free agent market. You know, they played there with Aaron Nola, just didn't, uh, didn't sign him, didn't get over the finish line. Uh, but I think their number one, um, desire for pitching is to develop young guys through the draft, through the international signing and, um, you know, develop them and extend them just like uh, happened, you know, just like they did with Spencer Strider. Um, and then trade, I think, is number two. And, and they've been able to trade for a couple guys. Free agency is the last place. And the only guy in their rotation right now that came through tr through free agency was Charlie Morton. And, you know, that was kind of a unique situation. He's he's older. He's near the end of his career. Uh, he has a young family. He lives in Florida. He wants to stay close to them. Uh, it was reported that it was basically just Tampa Bay or Atlanta that he was willing to pitch for. Tampa Bay didn't have the money, you know, and so he, he signs with the Braves maybe for a little less than he could have if he went shopping other places. But that's not many pitchers, right? It's a very unique situation. So I just think free agency, it's not that it can't ever happen for the Braves, but it's the least likely place. Um, and I also think, I think generally Anthopolis is very uh, wary of signing pitchers to long-term contracts, especially pitchers who are getting a little older. So I think that's what you're going to see. You're going to see the Braves continue to try to develop pitchers and the guys that they really believe in, uh, they'll extend. And otherwise, they'll fill out their rotation with guys that they can either trade for or older guys that they can sign short-term contracts to. I, I don't see them doing a Yamamoto deal. I don't see them, you know, even doing like a Sonny Gray deal. Uh, 
And I, I think that's why they were never really in it with Jordan Montgomery or, uh, you know, or Snell or those guys. So this trade is proof positive that Anthopolis can find better value on the trade market. Um, and it's just, you know, he can he can go there and he has proven to be, uh, as far as GMs go, maybe the best trader in all of baseball. Okay, so as we look at the risks with this trade, again, I've already mentioned it, but the obvious one is Chris Sale's health. Um, there is a world in which he's never healthy and he really barely gets on the mound for the Braves. And in that case, this deal looks kind of bad, right? And then on the flip side, Von Grissom could become a really solid major league player for many, many years. And if both of those things happen, yeah, uh, the Red Sox win the trade. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of a, um, you know, a pointless trade or, or not a good trade at all for the Braves in that case, right? It really is just about Chris Sale getting on the field enough, and especially at the right times, again, in the playoffs particularly. Uh, Sale getting injured again, it's the obvious risk of the trade, um, but it's not a big risk in really any other way, right? In terms of salary, uh, Boston's covering a lot of that. And the second year is an option year. Um, and the Braves do still, remember, they're able to maintain their pitching depth uh, because they only have to give up Vaughn Grissom. And so if Sale does go down injured, uh, maybe a Waldrop or Smith Shaver step up. I mean, and there's other guys um, that are down at AAA as well, like a Winans or a Vines who can step in at times. Um, you know, and the other thing with that is let's say Sale goes down with an injury mid year. Well, there's he's only making half a million dollars. Uh, so it's not like he's weighing down the 2024 payroll. They could always go out in the trade market uh, before the trade deadline and go out and get another starter if they needed to, if they were desperate to do that. So again, the other risk of this trade is Grissom, you know, proving the Braves wrong in a sense and going and becoming an all-star with the Red Sox. Honestly, I, I, I would love that. I mean, I really am still rooting very much for Vaughn Grissom. I've liked the guy ever since he made his debut. And I think most Braves fans feel that way. I think a lot of that has to do with how he debuted in Boston. Ironically, you know, he hit that monster shot uh, over the green monster. And, um, and man, I just, I do hope he, uh, finds success in Boston. He basically had to play 2023 when he was pretty much clearly already, um, ready to play in the big leagues and the Braves just didn't have a spot for him. He, he hit over 330, I think, in AAA. And so, yeah, there is a world in which Vaughn Grissom becomes an all-star second baseman for the Red Sox. I'm not sure that's the most likely scenario, but I think he is going to be a solid big leaguer, um, especially, you know, if he can be average defensively or maybe even just a little below average defensively, I think his bat plays enough where he's going to be a valuable second baseman for years to come with them. You know, the fact is he simply uh, has a very narrow defensive skill set. And what I mean by that is Bone Grissom can pretty much only play second base. Um, you know, he might have been able to prove that he could play left field uh, given the time, but I think his bat 
is um, just perfectly suited for second base. You know, he doesn't have crazy power, but he's a doubles machine. He's a high average guy. And uh, for a middle infielder, um, if he's doing that, if he's hitting over 300, uh, he is going to be a really good player for Boston. So again, I, you know, I think he's a, he's a fun player to watch. He clearly is, um, you know, has a really good attitude. He worked really hard with Ron Washington over this past year. And I just hope that he's able to, um, just have a long career with Boston. So guys, you know, ultimately what this deal accomplishes, the Braves acquire a pitcher with tremendous strikeout stuff who who comes over from the left side and can shut down when he's at his best, he can shut down the best lineups in baseball. And that's really what the Braves need. And it also allows the Braves to keep Waldrop and Smith Shaver. Um, they, you know, they don't have to trade them away to go out and get another starter. Those two also will, will be able to start in triple a, uh, with no major pressure on them. Um, and, it it sets up 2024 to be a proving ground for both of those guys. And, and, you know, 2025 when freed and Morton are probably leaving, um, those guys are going to be needed. And hopefully the Braves can have a really clear idea uh, because of this season uh, who is ready to take the next step for 2025. And obviously, you know, that's one of the negatives of the Chris sale deal is they the Braves have not figured out long term what their pitching staff is going to look like beyond 2024. I mean, it is good that he has a 2025 option uh, if he proves himself. Um, but beyond that, right, long, long term, it doesn't really solve much. So that's why Waldrop and Smith Shaver are still so important to the Braves moving forward. One other um, one other thing that this impacts is the bullpen. You know, Ronaldo Lopez was talked about maybe uh, being stretched out and, and being a starter, and I think that goes away with this with this acquisition. He can go back to his strength, which is dominating in the bullpen. and And guys, the Braves probably have the deepest bullpen in all of baseball. And uh, you know what Anthopolis has been doing this offseason is uh, collecting bullpen arms with crazy strikeout stuff. And uh, the Braves pitching staff in general is going to be full of guys who can punch people out. Uh, so, you know, there is a worst case scenario with this, right? The worst case scenario, uh, especially long-term with for 2025 is that, um, you know, it's just Spencer Strider, and Bryce Elder, and you have three open spots because Morton and Freed leave, and uh, and Chris Sale doesn't really prove himself, or he's hurt, and then the young guys don't prove themselves either, right? That's that's the ultimate worst case scenario. I mean, it is possible, but I think the more likely case is that you have Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder coming back. Some type of um, good year for Chris Sale happens. It might be 100 innings. It might be 120 innings. Um, but 
you know, that he still proves that he's got something left in the tank. And then either Waldrop or Smith Shaver, it might not be both of them, but, but I think one of them at least steps up and proves that they're ready for the rotation. And, and so that gives you four guys for the 2025 rotation. And then, you know, the Braves are still going to have to figure out one spot after that. But uh, one spot's a whole lot better than three. Um, so I'm really hoping that that's obviously what happens long term. And don't forget, you know, the Braves do have other pitching prospects uh, in the farm system. Uh, Spencer Schwellenbach, Owen Murphy, Adam Mayer, uh, Drew Hackenberg. All these guys, if any of them uh, were to show out this season, they can make a major leap towards uh, debuting in 2025 or 2026. So, yeah, guys, I... Uh, you know, I'm going to come to a close here pretty soon, but I do want to just spend another minute appreciating Vaughn Grissom. You know, Vaughn Grissom um, has been a guy that I've rooted for really for the last two years. I think um, it's been a hard go of it for him just in terms of he's clearly been ready offensively and just hasn't been able to break through. Um, I think if he could have defensively handled shortstop, he would have won that job over over Orlando Arcia, but you know, he just couldn't quite do it. And it wasn't because he wasn't working hard. He clearly was. Um, and he, he clearly was willing to, to try to play left field. I think he really wanted to be with the Braves. I think he wanted to stay with the Braves. Um, all of the reports are that he, he was pretty upset. Um, you know, not not angry at Anthopolis, but, you know, he just wanted to be a brave and, and you appreciate that. Um, but I think Boston's getting a really good dude. Uh, I think it's I think it's very reasonable that uh, he could be a consistent three war player uh, for his career. And that's a very good player in baseball. Uh, Fangraphs actually already likes him as a 2.3 war player in 2024 uh, in his debut season with Boston. So uh, we'll, we'll obviously see what happens. So, guys, thinking back to the Chris Sale trade one more time, you know, the impact of this trade on the team. Uh, you know, my, my last episode, I, I was comparing the Dodgers and Braves and trying to answer the question of who's the better team. And I really do think the Braves, even before the Chris Sale trade, were better than the Dodgers. Um, but before the trade, uh, the Phillies, in terms of the pitching staffs, the Phillies were ranked as the best pitching staff in baseball with the Dodgers second and the Braves third and now with the chris sale acquisition um, they have flipped that so now the braves are ranked first um the phillies second and the dodgers third and the braves have extended their lead in overall projected war so um it does at least on paper and i know that isn't worth all that much but on paper it does make the braves better and um it, it's just a very you know sale is a <laughs> It's a huge question mark, right? Um, he could be, he could give you 170 innings and and have a career renaissance and bounce back and be the acquisition of the off season, or he could hardly see the mound and doesn't really impact the Braves at all. So you know, when I think about grading this trade, I'm going to give the Braves a B plus. I really do like this trade in a lot of ways. Um, Consider again how the Braves exited the playoffs against the Phillies and what they were lacking. I mean, it's not hard for me to think back at that. Um, you know, Elder had that terrible start, um, and he was, you know, he was 
toast by that point in the season. Um, but, you know, they they didn't have that third starter who could shut down a lineup. And if, and I know it's a big if, but if Chris Sale is healthy in the playoffs, he can do that. He's legit. Um he also brings an edge to the clubhouse, and we talked a lot about the Braves feeling like they lack players with a little bit of edge, um, and certainly Sale is not lacking that at all. So I think he is going to provide a really interesting um, addition to the clubhouse and bring that edge that the Braves maybe need. Um and then again, you know, the Braves got sale for very little cost. Uh, yeah, they had to give up Vaughn Grissom, a good player, but a player with no path to playing time. So it doesn't really impact them to give Vaughn Grissom up other than maybe depth, right? Organiza- organizational depth. Um, but they don't have to give up their pitching prospects. And this makes the pitching staff deeper in 2024 and maintains depth in the system with Waldrop and Smith Schaffer beyond 2024. And, and again, I'll just repeat this. I know some of you probably wanted the Braves to trade for, for Dylan Cease, but a trade for Dylan Cease would have meant that probably Waldrop and Smith Schaffer would be going uh, to Chicago. And the Braves' future uh, would really be in question after Cease left in 2025. So, guys, um, man, we're going to watch. I mean, it, it is really interesting to see the Braves bring on a player like Chris Sale with so much career, um, you know, things that he has accomplished in his career, but also the uncertainty mm-hmm. moving forward. So, Anything could happen, but it is a pretty exciting deal. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening as I broke this uh, this deal down, and uh, I will look forward to talking to you again soon.